0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Liftoff will start in T minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Hey, everybody. This is Craig Ackerman, TV play by play announcer for the Houston Rockets. What's up, everyone? This is Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked on a Rocket. This is Chris Chavez. This is your boy, Heezy, a.k.a. Rahil Ramzanali. It's Sean. From Shots and Thoughts, this is Will, a.k.a. Bias Houston, king of
1: Rockets Twitter. This
0: is Chucky Brown, former professional NBA basketball player for the 1995
2: NBA champion, Houston Rockets. This is Ternateo Keister. What
1: up, what up? It's Bruce Williams, the Mastodon himself.
2: What's up, Rockets fans? This is Hollywood Don Knock, host of the Apollo Launchpad Podcast and the legendary Rockets Twitter Spaces. This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. It's your boy, Von Wafer, former Houston Rocket, retired professional NBA basketball player. Ah. Four, three, two, one.
0: We have ignition.
1: And you are listening to the Summit State of Mind
0: podcast.
1: What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit, State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Stepbacks, and everything Houston Rockets presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network and the official podcast to fan site. It's Houston Rockets' website, SpaceCityScoop.com. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. And of course, with me, as always, is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Yo, GM, It's a Tuesday afternoon tuesday evening it's a little mm-hmm. windy wind blowing me away. you know i'm a teacher after all so yeah dude it
2: was windy today like, I, How you doing? I, i'm
1: like i'm like driving at work
2: and i felt like my car would be tipped over it was, it was a little frightening just just a tad bit but you know nothing i couldn't handle you know that's calm cool and collected that's me
1: you sound calm right now way too calm <laughs> i need i need to jolt some energy in you so you got you got to we need energy because you know we have another guest meeting us at the summit for the very first time that ever. we do and i hope he has cuz he doesn't live here he lives somewhere else and i hope his weather was a lot better than ours cuz we were dealing with some stuff let me see i'm known for giving intros i want to hope that i do this guy properly i hope i did my research because funny story we actually just met last night through twitter so we got this together pretty quickly so let's see if i can get this going he is a turkish american freelance reporter covering both the nba and mls he's been covering the philadelphia 76ers since 2017 2017 2018 season for the first time ever we welcome serge kumas at the summit serge how you doing man good man good good thank you so much for uh, having me guys i really appreciate you I appreciate getting you on like in such short notice. You were probably easily the quickest turnaround ever because we had to actually <laughs> record. We had an episode that we had to record today and then you were just, you just seemed so down. And then I was like, all right, all right, can we d- can you do it tomorrow? And you were just, you were all in. So
0: that was it, man. Yeah. No need to, you know, I love Rockets uh, basketball this season. So, you know, no need to uh, delay anything, man. Let's get let's, let's, uh, let's get it. Let's get it going, you know? Absolutely. There you go.
1: I love it. I love it. Just like that, man. No, no, no bars here. We're just going straight for it. <laughs> well, you know what? It's it's awesome that you're here. Uh, like I said in the intro, you're, you're a Turkish-American, and I think that's really cool. The first person that we've ever gotten on our podcast that is Turkish, you know, followed up after a certain Turkish rookie that's been killing the game, which we'll go into later... But first of all, you know, let's talk about you. I want to get your history. Usually for first time guests, we get their history. You know, you're a Turkish American who lives in New Jersey. We want to know your story, you know, how you became a fan of the NBA and what ultimately led you to becoming a writer for the NBA and ultimately becoming a beat writer for the uh, 76ers.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. So, um, you know, obviously uh, Turkish American. So parents, uh, you know, moved over here about about 30, 40 years ago. I would say like the mid to um, mid to late 80s. And then, you know, we've been here ever since. So. Um, you know, obviously growing up being Turkish, uh, like most, uh, like European kids, um, it's a soccer was the thing. So my dad was a big soccer fan, uh, watched a lot of soccer growing up on TV. Uh, during those days, uh, it was hard to watch Turkish soccer here in the States. So my dad would buy cassettes from like a local Turkish store that would sell like recorded soccer games from like, um, a couple of days back and we'd watch it, you know, a few days later. So obviously soccer is more of an acquired taste. It's kind of like baseball, you know, you have to kind of be there to enjoy it. But um, yeah, long story short, you know, my dad took me to a Sixers game when I was nine years old. So it was the this was the um, the o four o five season. Uh, the Sixers were playing the Miami Heat in April, mm. okay. And so this was literally like almost prime Wade. He was just getting into his prime, and Shaq was just kind of coming out of his prime at that time. I think he was like 33, 34. Yeah. Um, But that game went to overtime. Him and Alan All- Iverson, you know, him and D Wade, kind of went mano mano. Um, that game was so good. If you, can, if you go on YouTube and search up Allen Iverson versus Dwayne Wade, you'll find that game with like a lot of views. So it's um it's pretty crazy. But that game went to overtime. You know, going into it, I did not know a single NBA player. I think I just knew Michael Jordan. That was it. And so <laughs> a, after that game, yeah, <laughs> man, for sure. And um, at that game, I'm nine years old I'm, and I'm high-fiving like grown men. They're in front of me. I'm giving them a the high-five and, you know, it was just a really great atmosphere. And you know, I get home and then a few months later, I'm just flipping through the channels as a kid and I come across a Sixers game. And I was go, like, oh, yeah, these are the guys I watched that one night. And so from there on out, man, from like 06 to now, it just really took off. I just kept watching guys like Allen Iverson. He like, you know, he left Denver a season I got into watching basketball. So I kind of grew up watching Andre Godala. And then we got Andre nice. Miller in that trade too. Mm-hmm. You know, really good um, veteran point guard who's been in the league for a long time. And so, you know, really came to just watching them. Uh, like I said, watching um, Andre Godala, guys like Samuel Dallenbert I'm not sure if you guys know who these guys are. Oh but man, Samuel Dallenbert former rocket legend. Oh man, of course. <laughs> yeah, later on. Don't later even believe yeah.
1: you believe us, man. We were totally we're, to- we were totally uh, invested at that point. Like 0405. That was probably like yep. my time when we had was just it, started. was it like
2: the last year C Web. When he went back,
1: C when he Webb, went to Philly, yeah, man, Is that the um, last
2: year? I don't remember what year it was, but I remember him his last year.
0: We had a, um, a Web who was kind of uh, coming out, uh, leaving his prime, so to speak. So we got mm. we got um, the Sixers got him in a trade. Uh, we had we got a guy named uh, Josh, I think uh, Joe Smith, who was I think the first overall pick in '95. Oh, so, dude, Golden
2: State Warrior, sure. great. yeah,
0: man. Yeah, so we <laughs> wow. we got that as a part of the Allen Iverson deal, and so mm-hmm. you know the Sixers were kind of were a little strange. Going forward, and so I, I just kept up with it the entire time. And then 2010 came around, we got Evan Turner, uh, a second overall pick at Ohio State, never really developed into the player he uh, should have been. But then, of course, oh, we Sean. had guys like Thaddeus Young. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys remember, we had a guy, uh, 08 pick, Rodney Carney. Um, yeah, who was all right for a few seasons, then I think he just moved on, moved on the, uh, the league a little bit. But you know, Sixers were. I don't want to say mediocre, but definitely a 500 team, maybe like mm-hmm. 33 and 44, uh, 40 and 42 every season. And so I just kept kept up with it. And so I did bandwagon for one season. Uh, that was when the Celtics won the championship in 08. I just loved Ray yeah. Allen. So um, <laughs> just a quick. I don't blame thing. you. I don't
2: blame you for that.
0: <laughs> my first ever email address back when MS, MSN days, uh, sixth grade, it was Celticsboy5 at live.com. So that was my first ever. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah, man. I love I, I it, band- man. I love it. I love it. Uh, 12-year-old surge was a real, real bandwagon. But that was like a one-season thing. And then I went back to you know supporting the Sixers, of course. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man. So I, I got into basketball that way. And so, of course, I watched the 15-16 season. The Sixers only had 10 wins that year. You know We were mm tanking tanking it was just really you know oh man um, the, the best times this was yeah, the, the process era right That's the process man sam hinky yeah man so it was yeah, really tough sam um, Hinckley,
2: man poor guy I,
0: I remember i got a uh, i had yes you know, the espn app and i was my cousin were driving around and it said that sixers win tonight and they avoid mm-hmm. having the worst record in nba history i was like oh thank god all right we're not the worst team ever okay and so <laughs> You know, man, Embiid, um, you know, came on in the 15, in the uh, 6017 season. So that season, they won like 33 or 32 games. So there's hope going. Uh, we're still supporting, of course. I'm still watching games uh, night in and night out. And so when it came to writing for them, you know, the Sixers signed J.J. Reddick, which was a huge signing because that team desperately needed shooting, especially if Joel Embiid's going to come on board. We had just drafted Ben Simmons a year mm-hmm. prior. Yep. And so... I had tweeted out, I'm going to buy season tickets because Reddick is one of my favorite college basketball players that I ever watched. You know, I watched a lot of his videos when I was in high school, just like on my phone on YouTube, even though he had played like five, six years before I started watching him when he was at Duke. And when I tweeted right. that out, a high school friend of mine DM me and said, Hey, Serge, do you want to write for a basketball website? And I was like, what do you mean? He's just like, there's a website based here in Turkey and you're based in the U S you're based in like, you know, South Jersey, Philly area do you want to write for them? You'll be a part of the media. And I'm thinking like, he's pulling my leg, you know, at this point I'm 20, 21. I'm not, I'm, I'm barely in college, man. I'm at my local community college, just like barely going to class skipping mostly. Right. And so he's like, yeah, man. Yeah. It was tough times, bro. Honestly couldn't keep that consistent (laughs) class going doing assignment basis. But, and so he's like, they'll get your credentialed. You'll be in the media room, you know, and stuff like that. So you know, through WhatsApp, which is really like used a lot over in Europe and mostly around the world, except here in the U.S., uh, they got me in touch with the guys through WhatsApp. I met them, and my first ever credentialed game was November first of 2017. It was the Hawks Sixers. Uh, ben Simmons was a rookie, and so Joel Embiid was just a second year player at this point. And so, yeah, man, I was going to games. Um, about a month later, I went to a game at the Garden. Uh, a Hawks versus Knicks game at the time Hawks had Arson Ilyasova. So I wanted to talk to him and introduce myself as a Turkish guy, you know, covering the league and so on and so forth. So yeah, it's been a great journey from, from that point to now uh, spoke to a lot of NBA guys and just uh, really privileged to, to do what I'm doing. And so it's given me the opportunity to talk to guys like you to join uh, podcasts as guests. And so it's been a, has been a crazy ride, man. Um, you know, seeing seeing guys like Stephen A. Smith and just trying to act normal um you know we all have cringy moments in our lives I'll tell you guys one thing when I first started doing this in the 17-18 season you know you're, you're, you're sitting in a media section amongst the other journalists writers reporters etc yeah when the Sixers would hit a three I would still celebrate as a fan so just imagine that for a second everyone's quiet because you have to stay professional you have to be objective and the Sixers would take a three especially Robert Covington uh former Rockets guy I would literally put my hand up like this and just be like, "All right, three pointer." And then like, "Ah, oh, yeah, man, really cringy times." And I look to my right, I look to my left, and no other reporter or journalist is responding to the game as I'm responding. So I learned later on that you have to kind of, you know, the guy can hit a full court game winner, you have to have to sit there with like a straight face and just, you know, write it down, type it, tweet it, whatever. So I learned that the kind of the hard way, but but that's. Um, yeah, man. So it's been a great journey. Uh, we're just getting started. I'm, I'm 26. So hopefully this is just the beginning.
1: Well, we're getting, we're getting you, we're pretty much getting you here on like in the infancy of like your startup, right? Like, and cause it's only been 27, 2018. So you've been doing this for, well, my, a few years four now. Years. Yeah. Like, like, four yeah. years, yeah. roughly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. It just flew by really. But, uh, but yeah, for sure.
1: That's, a, that's awesome, dude. And I, and I love, you know, kind of just getting here, like the beginnings and getting your, your story and kind of getting to figure out like where it's from and it's funny too do you know uh do you know Jack uh from our from Houston Jackson Gatlin from the yeah yeah I the rockets, yeah. yeah so he, he you know he tells the exact same thing you know he's a good friend of ours and he's always like media he's in the media credential section too And he's always like yeah man it's just and I and we asked him that same question we we're like dude are you allowed to like are you allowed to cheer he no, was like man. yeah he same reaction he was like no nah, man I gotta keep a straight face he was like there are some moments where you can just like where he'll just like nod he will be like yeah <laughs> that's, that's like the apex of it. And that's as good as it gets, but mm-hmm. dude, that's awesome, man. Getting to hear, getting to kind of hear that. So, you know, you got to meet all these people, you know, Ersan Ilyasova, one of my brothers, actually one of his favorite players, oddly enough, because you, you always talked about Irsan Ilyasova. You yeah. When I would, when I'd play, T-K,
2: I would always find a way to acquire him because I loved his spacing as a four. Yep. And he was such a good shooter when he was, uh, when he was really effective in the league back in the day. So I always enjoyed uh, I would always pair him with Harden on 2K. I can see that. And oh, he God. was a he was a great fit with this team. <laughs> but yeah, that that was that was way back in the day. Lo- loved loved his game though. I
0: really yeah, did. Yeah, man. He's the um the fundamental. There's a lot of the small stuff. Rebounding putbacks. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna do a yeah. step back. He might do a step back here and there. He's not gonna cross you up or dunk on you, but um there's a lot of the small stuff for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. so you've been able to interview like irsan Ilyasova, and i think i saw your interview with a uh, cork right was you was mm-hmm. it was a cork yeah as well so but if we if we were to backtrack a little bit were you able to interview anybody like uh, he, you know Turkoglu, right was he no Turkoglu? were you able to is he he's turkish right
0: yeah man you know he he does uh, one of the one of the definitely uh turkish one of the basketball yeah pi- one of, it's like a pioneer really he yeah got one of the best in, yeah he got drafted in 2000 was part of that uh really uh you know, grind uh,
2: Sacramento team.
0: Yeah, man. Bad boy Kings, I guess. Right. Hey, man, I love that team. Lottie, Mike, baby, Chris, uh, Chris mm-hmm. Weber, a lot of good players. Um, Unfortunately, I kind of missed out on his career. He retired in 2013. He had, a, he had a short stint, I believe with the LA Clippers or the Raptors. Yeah. He and was so already kind of missed
2: near out. Oh, yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I think he was a, he was, what's it called? Like he was coming off the bench in 2015 mm-hmm. in the playoffs. Was it against us? Kenny, do you remember that? Yeah. You know, it was on that team. Um, He didn't play no no he didn't that play series, but he was there. He, but was there he was on that he team was, i remember he
1: was, he was suited up and cheering for his team as he sh- as he should be at that stage <laughs> like, a like a gentleman like a gentleman so after all you know meeting all these players what was your favorite i guess like interview like if you were to pick an interview that you just enjoyed like or any interesting ones at that
0: yeah um i'm really glad you asked that um <laughs> you know kenny one 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 story that i love to tell is it was the 18 19 season, so my second year doing it, and that year there was the uh, not really so much watched, if you if I may. Um, the 2019 FIBA World Cup in China, you know, it's not really that much to watch, but a lot of people don't really watch that here in the States, more so like mm. I think in Asia and Europe, they watch it. But yeah. mm-hmm. anyhow, our guys at that time was like, Hey, Serge, you know, tonight you're going to the Sixers Spurs game, try talking to Pal and see if he's gonna play in the World Cup this this uh, upcoming summer. For so sure. I'll try. And so I go there pregame and um, I talk to PR and he's like, oh, pal is not going to talk pregame. Like, OK, I'll just get him postgame if I can. So after I look at the game, he's not playing. It's like a DMP. You know, he at that point, he was really you know advanced in his career. So he didn't play that game. But a lot of guys who do do MPs, uh, DMPs, they do like a postgame workout, right? Just to stay loose uh, for the next game, the next night, maybe like the next week. So post game, Powell was doing a workout right near the locker room. He was on the bike. He was doing weights. His trainer was right next to him. And I'm waiting for him. And like 20 minutes goes by, man, it's getting really late. What should I do? So I do something unorthodox. I walk up to his trainer. I said, hey, excuse me, sir. Can I talk to Powell? Can I talk to him? Uh, Yeah, he's working out. He's almost done. Okay. And I'm like, hey, Powell. He's like in a full sweat. He's out of breath. He's like, hey, what's up? And I was like, Hey, can I talk to you, man? I'm from, you know, I'm, I'm here in the U.S., but I'm from, like, Turkey originally, and I just want to talk to you about the World Cup. He's like, can you come back to the locker room? I don't, I don't want you to get in trouble. i was say, yeah, I have, a, I have a media credential. He's like, okay, can I come to the locker room? So I go to the locker room, and he's, like, wiping himself off. He's about to, you know, get into the shower, suit up, and, you know, they're going to go onto the bus and go to the airport for the next game. And so I'm next to Powell, and PR comes next to me. PR guy comes next to me and says, hey, man, Pal spoke today during shoot around. He's not going to talk now. You might as well just like, you know, head home for the night. And I was like, no, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to wait. And Pal's like, yeah, he's some church or something. He wants to talk to me after the, after um, I get out of the shower. So at that time, DeMar DeRozan was playing for the Spurs and DeMar came out. He starts talking to the media, but I'm not going to talk to DeMar. I'm just going to talk to Pal. So Pal comes out and he's like, look, man, DeMar's up there. Talk to DeMar. I was like, nah, man, I don't talk to you. So I was looking at DeMar, <laughs> but my preferable vision was on Pal. And Pal nodded his head like this. I think, you know, PR was looking at him. You know, he, he gave the nudge to PR. It's okay. You can talk to him. So PR comes next to me and he's like, all right, man, you get your one question. I said, okay. And I put the camera to Pal. I'm like, Pal, you're ready? He's like, yeah. I'm like, hey, Pal, a lot of fans back in Europe are wondering, are you going to play in the World Cup this year? He said, yeah, I'm going to play. That's my objective. I, I want to play for my country. And I was like, know, usually when you ask players these kind of questions, they kind of. Uh, they kind of shy away. Yeah, go around it. Oh, I might play. You know, the season's here. We're trying to make it to the playoffs. I have to talk to my agent, stuff like that. But he went straight to the answer and said yes. And I said, well, are you in shape to play? I just had to ask a follow-up question. He said, yeah, you know, I, I want to play for my country. I want to bring the gold back to, back to Spain. And I said, all right, pal, thank you so much. And I just walked out of, out of the locker room. I gave it to our guys and a lot of newspapers in Spain, like El Mundo, which is a big Spanish newspaper, um, L'Equipe, which is a big French newspaper, um, NBA.com Spain, a lot of them saw our tweet, saw what I got, and they just like, you know, it went all over a major European website. So that was probably the best uh, interview moment I've had just because I could have easily just walked away. I was this close. I'm like, man, so just go home for the night. It's a long day. It's like 11 o'clock. You know, you should just go home for the night. I stuck through it. I stood there like a soldier. I didn't move, you know, even though PR was like, hey, you might as well just want to, you know, go home for the night. But I didn't do that. I you know, I stuck through it. I was, um, I stuck to my guns, I guess. And so I got a good result out of it.
1: You stuck to your, you stuck to your guns and you were dealing with so much nonsense, like so many reasons for you to just walk out and be like, you know what? Screw this. Like, this isn't, this is not happening. Yeah. Like, blah, 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 So many opportunities where you could just been like, nah, but yeah, dude, you, ha- you handled your business. You did it like a true professional. That's what exactly. I like to As he exactly. fixes his as he fixes his glasses. <laughs> like, this is perfect. Yeah, man.
2: Is <laughs> that mean you even you even got the scoop? Yeah. The scoop that yeah. probably a lot of people wanted to know back home, uh, in in his home country, you know. So, dude, that's a great way for you to get your name out there. And when you think about it in hindsight, you're probably just like, Man, this uh it's like, did I make it? Is, is that is that the moment, you know? Like yeah, man.
0: Like, yeah, yeah. Um I mean, when it comes to like, I, so when I first started doing this, it was just freelance, right? My parents were like, what are you mm-hmm. doing? Ter? You're going to Philly for games now. I was like, yeah, I guess it's just a hobby. I love basketball. So, you know, go to games for, for free to watch games. Why not? But when it comes to, you know, Justin and Ken, when it comes to actually like, you know, can I turn this into a profession? Uh, my first season, uh, I got to do an exclusive one-on-one interview, well, one-on-two interview with Furkan Korkmaz and Arison Eliasova. You know, I talked to Sixers PR for like two, three months about getting it done. And then finally, May of that year, before they played the Celtics in the decisive Game Five of that, so that, that playoff series, you know, I went to this practice facility, which is like a twenty minute drive from my house, and you know, we hired a camera crew, and so you know, in front of me was Furkan and Arasan, and I spoke to both of them for like half an hour. We put it on our YouTube channel, and you know, it was really really good. So, at that moment, I said to myself, maybe this might go somewhere, you know, because I was literally just sitting in a chair talking to. You know, professional basketball players. So at that point, I told myself, you know what, this might just go somewhere in the future. So from that point on, I've just really been trying to establish like really good building blocks. And so, you know,
1: just got to keep it going. <laughs> we just, I, I'm hearing these stories and I'm like, dude, at some point, this guy's got to get to Houston. We got to get this guy in. Yeah, Houston. man. I need that interview. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. I, I need that interview with Alperin Shengun, man. I need it. I need, I need Surge and Shengun. It sounds like the ultimate TV show. I need it. It
0: does, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm gonna try to get down there, man. I was trying to get down there, um, you yeah, know, before the season ends. So of course, it's almost April. Yeah, I'm hoping, like, hopefully, sometime next season, man. I really, really hope to get down to, um, get down to the is it, is it get down to the H? Is there that, you go, H Town. H? Get it down, to H go, Town. H Town. There we go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> got the lingo down,
1: so it's there. You it's go. Start, but you'll fit. You know?
0: You'll fit
2: seamlessly,
1: man. We promise. Exactly, man. <laughs> really right? like we'll- local exactly bro and you will definitely we'll be meeting you up and we'll definitely make something happen for sure so you just just let us know ready everybody head down so it's funny that you speak about h-town we're going to talk about h-town we're going to talk about the rockets we're going to talk we're going to talk about alperin Shangoon. give us one moment guys we're going to give a quick ad break we'll be right back progressive
2: presents today's to-do list for your dog
0: check front door check window check other window rest chin on ground look into distance bark for no reason (laughs) Check front door, check window, check other window. Your pet has a very busy schedule, so it's up to you to make sure they're protected. That's why Progressive Car Insurance covers your pets for up to $1,000 if they're ever in a car accident with you.
1: Chase shiny ball, lose shiny
0: ball, find shiny ball, eat shiny ball. Get coverage for your pets with anti-auto policy from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms what's up everyone this is chucky brown former professional nba basketball player for the
2: 1995 nba champion houston rockets and you are listening to the summit state of mind podcast
1: all right y'all welcome back to the summit state of mind presented by the minute media podcast network i am joined once again by the gm my brother and of course we are joined by very special guest Serge. thank you once again for joining us we appreciate you man Let's talk about Rockets. This is what we are. We are Houston Rockets podcast. Look, this team is 20 and 56, obviously not trying to win any championships whatsoever. We're trying to win the championship of ping pong balls. That's been the that's been the repertoire this season anyways, but I want to talk to you specifically Serge about a certain guy, a certain Turkish rookie that plays a lot more mature than his age suggests. Were you keeping tabs on him, you know, while he was in Turkey before declaring for the draft last year? And if so, like, were you high on him, you know, coming into the NBA? Like, were you able to kind of keep tabs on him? Did you know about him before?
0: Yeah, uh, to, you know, to, to be honest, I first heard about him late 2020. You know, I kept seeing these posts of this. This like at that time, he had just turned 18, like five months prior. So it was about the 18 and a half at that point. He was really just killing it in the Turkish league, you know, um, a league of grown men. And a league that's rated the third best outside the NBA. So it's the NBA, the Spanish league, and the Turkish league. So by him dominating in that league at 18, he started really making noise. I really didn't get into it until Jonathan uh, Gavonia, without Draft Express, was actually tweeting about him, talking about him on his Instagram. And I was like, wow, this kid is, he's only 18 years old and he's dominating and, you know, for me, it really set off when I did a quick Google search and I saw that he was from Gidelsun, Turkey, which is the same city my family's from. And so now I'll tell you guys, a lot of the Turkish community here in South Jersey, whether it's South Jer- um, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Connecticut, New York, um, et cetera, a lot of Turkish families are from Gidosun. If you look it up on Wikipedia. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. Yeah, man. If you look out, <laughs> if you go on Wikipedia, there's a bottom section saying, you know, immigration to the United States and. You know, starting in like the seventies and eighties, a lot of families came here for, for jobs, education, et cetera. So, you know, so when I, am like hearing this, this guy from Gidelson, Turkey, a 6'10", 18-year-old player, you know, killing in the Turkish league, I was like, man, I hopped onto the uh, LP train early on. So I just <laughs> kept, um, you know, was really, really got into it. And actually late January, you know, the Sixers last year would give out Zoom links for away games. And Furkan Korkmaz played really well against Indiana late January last year. You know, post-game, I asked Furkan Turkish, you know, you had a good game, etc. cetera. How, how'd you do tonight? And then my lead-up question was, you know, Alperen Schengen, are you following him in Turkey? He's like, oh, yeah, I'm following him for sure. He's um going to be a good player. I think he might declare this year for the draft, you know, 2021. And so from that point on, I was watching his weekend games on, on my laptop. I would get up early, like 5 a.m., because it's like a seven-hour difference. They had ahead seven hours. And so... I hopped onto the train as fast as I could, you know, being that he's talented, but also he's from a small city, man. You know, my, my family city is a small city. I've been there numerous times. They have a few courts. It's a beautiful place, but to think that an NBA pick, a, a guy like Alfred Schengen who's doing really well in the NBA right now at 19 was going to come out of that city. I would have never believed you. You know, I went there when I was 16, 18, 20, 21 in the summers, but I never would have thought that a, a, a prospective NBA superstar potentially was not come out of that city, so it's a really a good story, man, for sure.
1: Sixteenth pick overall, and the GM, my brother, was also very, very high on him. Tell, tell the people. I, I always, <laughs> I always highly tout to my brother because every when the draft had happened and we were doing a live, we were doing a live watch party on on Instagram Live, and sure. when it had happened and when the trade happened, uh, everyone, all of us, and I'm included. I'm guilty of this. I didn't, I didn't do a lot of research. Alperin Shingun going to be the pick. All of us are, all of us literally collectively who, and then Justin, and then you can tell the rest from there. (laughs) Oh man, I was ecstatic. I didn't, I didn't know
2: about him until like reading, um, you know, draft threads on clutch fans and reading about possible, uh, prospects that the Rockets were possibly looking into. So that's when I started to look at LP and I saw a lot of, um, ironically, we're talking about how you interviewed Pau Gasol. I see a lot of Pau Gasol in, um, uh, shangun is you know you would read like people comparing him to ennis Kanter, freedom which is probably one of the laziest takes i've ever seen because you know he's just a completely different player the only thing is that they're both really tall and from turkey it's kind of ridiculous but anyways i was always a fan of his i was i was hoping that there was a possibility that we were going to be able to get him and then when we traded up for 16 i was curious i was like I don't know who they're gonna get, but maybe it is Shangun. And then when I saw it, that's what my eyes kind of lit up. And then everyone looked at me like, What is this? Who are you talking about? I'm like, yo, man, the center from Turkey. I promise you, he is the next Gasol. Like, and I would I would tout, like, you know, him and Jalen, like, oh, they're gonna be the next Kobe and POW, man. Obviously, that's super duper high. Uh, you know, that's setting an impossible uh standard for our boys, but that's like you know, when you look at the way they play, that is something they're both extremely complimentary, their games. So that's what I saw when, when we drafted Chengoon. I was just like, yo, this guy is going to be something. And he, he showed out in summer league and that's where a lot of people started to notice him. And then preseason going into regular season. And now like you can see that he is just so beloved. His style is so unique and his vision on the court is crazy. And I love it. You know, um, just his impact. He's, you know, big men aren't sexy, but ironically enough, the top two candidates for MVP are big men, and it's like the big men are back, man. So it's kind of crazy considering it's a perimeter-oriented league, but the bigs are the ones who are dominating. So it's 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 crazy to me, and I do believe that Shingun is going to be in that next crop of big men. We don't know how high his ceiling can possibly be because the ceiling is very high. But obviously, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, making it happen down the line. But mm. from what we've seen thus far, we've seen so many flashes of things that he can do. And so it's just so exciting, despite the L's. Like, one of the few things I'd always tell Kenny um, when we were watching was, like, why can't we just pair Wood and Shangun together? Because the possibilities are endless. You never know. And I didn't like that Silas was like, what was it? Um, Hampering down his PT just because he didn't want to play them two together. I thought that was crazy, but anyways, it's besides the point. I'm a big fan of Shangun and he does make me so happy all the time.
0: (laughs) I am so happy when I first saw that man. I was like, "Wow, this is this is great.
1: This
2: is (laughs) (laughs) it's like meme gold, man." Yeah,
1: man. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't jump. I didn't jump. expect the yeah. swagger. Like I didn't mm-hmm. expect the swagger out the jump. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you mm-hmm. can't. How do you? How do you? You can't uh, scout that. I I, I only see what's on the court. I don't see much of what's off the court. There wasn't enough YouTube videos to call that. So, <laughs> all right. So. Let's let's move forward towards the you know towards the NBA first NBA season. Obviously, it's so cool because we had a Turkish player on the Rockets before from the yeah. twenty twenty from twenty twelve to twenty fourteen by the name of Omer Asik, who played yeah. very well for us during the first year, specifically for James Harden. And they tried to hack Asik, obviously that didn't work. And against OKC, he had a great year <laughs> for us. But switching gears over to this season, uh, what's your th- what has your thoughts been on him? You know, during the course of the year and and just beyond that, like. What have you seen? Is there what are the good, what are the good takes? What are the bad? You know, what have you seen mostly, uh, Serge?
0: Yeah, um, Kenny, obviously, you know, you you mentioned it right now, same same as Justin, the confidence is there, right? So, I think a lot of guys, especially going from overseas, a lot of foreign players are kind of hesitant about being, you know, not just in the NBA, but in the U.S., it's a different lifestyle. I think I'll probably notice that right away is that in an interview he gave to a Turkish magazine at that time, he said, To me, the NBA looks like a show, you know, and you have to be a part of that show. So, What he meant by that is, you know, I need to have a personality in this league in order to grow, right? So a lot of foreign players kind of can't adapt that personality and bring it here to the States, um, bring it here to to, uh, North America. And so when, you know, they want to become like a popular player, but they have no personality. So I think the major plus for Al right when he stepped foot into Houston was, I'm so happy. So that kind (laughs) of just like lifted uh, took him off and like, oh, who is this guy? He's a, he's a funny dude. I like him. So mm-hmm. the first major puzzle was his personality. And that was, you know, from that point on, it, it just took off. Um, from my experience, like Furkan Korkmaz, for example, had a hard time with the Sixers. Of course, I think his trajectory and all friends are completely different stories altogether. But Furkan kind of had a hard time adapting to the U.S. lifestyle, the, the sense of humor, the jokes, etc. He told me that himself when I first spoke to him. But for Alpren, he came in right away, not even speaking English. I mean, Furkan knew English when he was like 16, 17. Uh, you know, Alpren, 18, 19, does, he, can't, he has an interpreter. So I think for Alpren to establish that personality was a major plus. And of course, the other one is what he does on the court, right? So I think he's really good in the post. He showed that a lot in, with the national team, with Turkey, and also playing for his team back in, back in Turkey as well. So in the post, he's just really good with his footwork. One thing that a lot of people have told me, and you guys can agree with me on this as well, is that he just fouls a lot. You know, sometimes I feel like on defense, because he doesn't have that quick foot speed yet, you know, it's a, it's on the slower side now. When he messes up on defense, he kind of has to make up for it, and he tries too hard. He ends up getting like four fouls in the first two quarters, and then he sits the rest of the way, goes in a little bit in the fourth, and then the third and fourth, and then he just fouls out. So that's a major thing that he needs to work on. But I think the pluses kind of eliminate, it doesn't eliminate, but there's more plus side versus the negative side of Al Prenta. I think on the, on the offensive end, he's good. Once he gets stronger and once he fills into his frame, he'll, he'll be extremely dominant in the paint. We we're talking about the last night in the space where if he just fills in and adds more muscle, because he's, you know, adding muscle now, but he's still a bit lanky. So once he does get more muscle mass onto him, I think the paint is just going to be almost unstoppable. So you know, one major plus is the personality and, and also the skill on the court. And one minus would have to be
1: the fouling and also his defense.
2: Mm. Yeah, and and, I totally I, agree with that. percent.
1: hundred percent. It's so interesting when you say that, too, because he almost has like low key. When I see him on the court, like when I first saw him, I was like, oh, he's really skinny. But then I, I saw him play. And after the course of a few games, I was like, man, he's he's got like. It's, I can't even explain it. He has, he has muscle. Like Jalen is, Jalen is 180 soaking wet. Like there's no denying it. That (laughs) man needs to hit the weight room for sure. Mm He'll be included, but Alp, like he has low key like muscle. Like he can punk, he can punk a few people around. Like I did not expect that. But if we backtrack on the last part of our last part of uh, our conversation, we were talking about, you know, he was being able, he was a Turkish MVP and at Mm -hmm. 18. Like just imagine him coming into the, you know, coming to the NBA now and being able to play as well as he did. He's playing against Joel Embiid. He's playing against the best in the world here. This is his chance, his opportunity to kind of showcase who he is. And I love what you said as regards to like, you know, it's like a show. It is like a show almost, you know, mm-hmm. the NBA. It's it's a, it's a business yeah. and he wants to create that brand for himself. So I'm very excited, you know, especially off the court to see what's going to happen. We had, you know, I want to show you, this is really cool. We had, yeah. we, we were at social media night and we did mm-hmm. get. That's out- awesome, pe- man. We did get an LP shirt. Oh, no way. That oh says yeah. I'm
0: so happy. Oh, dude, like, yeah. me too. Oh man, dude, yeah, he that, was a uh,
2: he that, was man. a character, man, because he was him and uh, Josh Christopher were out there answering questions, and yeah. Yeah. he Wasn't answered even... most questions in English. Yes. His English yeah. has improved so much.
1: He's not even trying it's... to be funny. It's so funny, yeah. like he's not even trying. Like I was telling Justin, I was like, he's not even trying to be funny, but he's just he's there's natural. a there's a it's just a natural. There's a, there's a charm.
2: There's a charm it's to him, absolutely, it it? that um, makes people gravitate to him. And it's not even just his personality off the court, but you see it on the court as well. His mannerisms when he shoots a three, always upper in shangoon, right? And when he flexes after dunking on dudes, or even you know his strong and ones, like the man is showing. So like, it's not just a confidence. It's like yeah, like you said, Ken. Like um. What was the word that you said? A uh I can't, i totally forgot. You like, like build, think
1: building is charismatic, way. super yeah. charismatic. Yeah, he's charismatic, yeah, yeah. yeah. And,
2: and you know, like like you stated, like, you know, the NBA is a show. I'm not saying that he it's all for show, but I think that LP is kind of bought in to the whole NBA. We all gotta have personalities, and this is who I am, you know, as opposed to maybe in Turkey, I guess the way he played was more team oriented. It's kind of like we're just gonna, you know keep it in-house we're not going to do anything too crazy well in the league it's more in nba it's like more a lot more accepted to be in a personality and we love it like honestly like when we watch games there's probably no one that we cheer harder for than lp even though jalen is like the number two pick when it comes to me anything that man does is like butter like i i i will i love everything that man does and every time he's on the court it's just it's 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 like poetry, man. He's so smooth, and he's got that sneak athleticism. I don't know if you see oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's there. Real quick, guys. I know. Um, there's, there's Ryan Hollins is on the commentary, right? He he's an announcer. <laughs> he's a commentating man. team, yeah. Man, that guy, every time I'll print out something crazy, he's like, whoa! He just like he is eccentric, man. man. I love this guy. I was like, oh my God. He's like, what? What, what? what did he just do? And I was like, Yep, that's that's LP,
1: man. Don't be surprised, you know. It, I, I love it. It's almost like Ryan Hollins because oh, he's man. a big man, he's a retired big man. So he's doing it. Yeah, this is for the big men, you know, when he go, he was he was like, Oh, there's one moment I remember he... He had like an n one. It might have been an n one dunk, and he was like, "Oh, Alpe, don't do that to him. Oh, don't do, don't be that disrespectful." And I'm like, "Oh my goodness, I love it."
0: <laughs> I think it's one of Alpe's first like crazy like behind the back dishes when he got the ball and literally did that, and he was like, "What? What did he just do?" Yeah, I was like, oh man, I love it. <laughs> keep, keep it coming, man. So that's really um. Like, I know Ryan Hollins, like man, that one um. i sure you guys have all seen it where like Max Kellerman bashes him. So, so Ryan, yes. imagine you're a guy like Giannis, but you're really, really, really good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did on ESPN, man. So, yeah, oh yeah. I love how Ryan's like kind of in his own uh, like commentary announcing spotlight now. I love to see it.
1: I love it. I love it. He's been doing so much, so well. Like it was a very surprising hiring. We had mm-hmm. Craig, who was the lead, who's the lead color commentator, come on like maybe a month or two ago, and he was, you know, we were talking about it too, and he said that you know it's just a chemistry thing that you have to build after a while, but they have it down pat now, and I'm excited for them to see what the rest of the way that they're going to do. Like they're they're growing with the young team, and I, you know, I hope Holland stays. Holland gets to see this this crop while they're young, you know, while they're still babies basically, and oh yeah, at some point they can all grow up. So let's shift focus, boys, to the. Uh, uh, to another question that I have for you. All right, this I, I love this. Let me first of all let me just say this straight up. I love this, Serge, because you tweeted out something very interesting two days mm-hmm. ago, uh, and it got me hyped. Personally, it got yeah. me hyped, and I don't know. And I think you know what's coming. You called Alperin Shangun the next Nikola Jokic. You like you mm-hmm. like straight up tweeted it. Boom, like not questioning, not like he could be. Nah, he's the next Nikola Jokic. So what what led to that comp? And do you believe that? Could he actually reach it or could he be even better?
0: You know, man, to be honest, um, I don't know if you guys remember, because I, I certainly don't, and I can definitely get the vibe that we're all NBA diehards here when it comes to watching the league and just following everything every team basically does night in, and night out. I don't remember Nicola making headlines his rookie year. I don't remember that Not, at all. I nope, just no, he didn't, nope, you know, and Nicola is is it undoubtedly one of the best. Not just European players, but one of the best players of all time. If he keeps going the way he's going, he's still only 26, 27. And so I didn't hear about him until maybe you know three, four years ago when he was doing crazy passes, when he was playing the game at a slow pace. And people just couldn't really, you know, understand how he was doing that so effectively. So I think if Alperun just keeps going, man, because Alpert literally hit the NBA ground running. I mean, this guy was you know, he has his issues where he has to work on his defense, his athletic ability, etc. But man, he literally hit the NBA ground running. It was summer league and it was preseason. And the season came by the only downside to him versus guys like Jalen Green, Franz Wagner, Cade Cunningham is playing time. Right. I mean, if he had more playing time, if Silas has played him more, you know, he could be in top five and total points scored. Maybe in the NBA rookie ladder top 10 week in a week out. The only reason why he falls out is because of the, of the playing time. So, you know, can it go back to your question? I think he could be better because he. this guy literally hit the NBA ground running. A lot of Turkish players, whether it was Hidi Turkulu, uh, Mehmet Okor, a big player for the Jazz about 10 oh, Heart, 15 years ago. Heartbreaker. Heartbreaker. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> he heard, he, I he know. cut us quite I, deep a few times. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Big, uh, what was it? Uh, money Man Memo. Yeah, man, that guy was money downtown. He was money.
2: especially yeah. like Game 7 <laughs> against T-Mac. Killed killed us, poor oh,
0: man. <laughs> so, you know, those guys, it took some time for them to, to actually adapt to the NBA. They had to come in, ride the bench a little bit. They kind of had to pick up on the culture. Uh, same thing goes for guys like uh, Jedi Osmond and Furkan a little bit. But with Al Paren, you know, he, he literally hit the NBA ground running, like I said. And, man, he's just – it's just – I think from here it's just going up and up. Um, Of course, if he you know – Injuries, prevention, so on and so forth. But I think he can definitely be a Nikola Jokic-esque player, if
1: not better. All right. That's going to lead perfectly into my, my next question because I do have mm-hmm. to ask this. And I'm pretty sure you pretty much already answered it, but let's let's go yeah, let's yeah. deeper in it anyways. Give me his ceiling. Give me his floor.
0: Wow. Um, so ceiling is definitely anywhere between Nikola Jokic and Apagosol. Agreed. Good ceiling there. If all finishes his career like a six or seven time All Star, maybe like three or four NBA, all NBA teams, undoubtedly the best Turkish player of all time by a mile, by 10 miles, you know? Mm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. The floor, that's a good question, man.
1: I think he'd just be a still a solid role player. I just don't know. I just can't. I don't have man, a comp. I don't have a comp yeah. on the top
0: of my head. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I'm really keen on this guy going big, man. Like, I'm really – I think he's the first. <laughs> that's right. And no I floor. I'm like, no floor, floor. You're, I'm like, you're no, all, man, like, you're all so, in. You're all in, wait, man. Wait, Kenny's okay. like, when Kenny's like, he's going to be a good <laughs> role player. I'm like, no. No role player. Don't do that with <laughs> <laughs> LP. That's not – no role player. Starter minimal. Minimal. Yeah, minimal. <laughs> man. I saw, like – um. I know, like, you know, uh, Rockets Twitter uh, is, like, really an uh, eccentric place. And I did see, like, Chet Holmgren. if he does get drafted for, for Houston, LP's, like, the sixth man off the bench. I'm like, What? Well, are you man, I must be a here. really good team. I Malphie's mean, six men off the bench, so should not. Um, <laughs> um, but hey, let me ask you guys though. I mean, what what do you guys think the floor is for him? GM, go ahead. Oh man,
2: to be honest with you, I don't know. Like, there's not really much of a comp I could give him because the way he plays, he plays like a lot of the greats. Just those footwork, man. That footwork is that's not something that is, I would say, gifted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's only a few players we can really. Compare him to especially playmaking wise. You know, like you stated, like Yogic, uh Pau Gasol. You even see some shades of dream now when when he's able to shake these shake these guys off with a Shangoon shake. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like, oh man, see, I don't know. Like I've never thought about that, to be honest with you. I never even gave that an option. That's right. We I'm actually gonna have, yeah, look at
0: question. his um, I'm gonna look at his NBA. His, game. Okay, so his draft okay. express. <laughs> you know, so the draft <laughs> express. So um, Bobby Portis, or I know this player. I can't pronounce his name. He's Italian, uh, Italian American. Tom hmm. Goliada who was um oh, yeah. oh the
2: Google teammate Leota? of kevin garnett
0: yeah man he, he was like one time one time old i think a jersey guy i think he was born and raised in jersey i remember reading about him yes Google uh, well, um long island new york close enough
1: yeah yeah it's close enough yeah we'll, we'll yep, call it that yep. okay okay oh man that's okay so oh that that's a when you think about it that's <laughs> well, a decent... bobby
0: portis though and i just i don't I mean bobby portis where's where bobby
1: portis where's he now he's in chicago I, I he know not, he was with no. Milwaukee. No, he resigned with Milwaukee. Did he? Okay, he resigned. He resigned for another year, so he's still in Milwaukee. But I guess <laughs> yep, he's just not yep. making. i I, make, I mean, he didn't really did make wave, waves. No headway. He didn't, he didn't make much waves until the playoffs, like like major waves until the playoffs. So I'm assuming True. he'll be there. Obviously, when it matters, unless he's injured, I have to double check. But I'm honestly not sure. When I was thinking floor though for LP, um, I'm probably gonna I'm gonna piss off a lot of a uh, a lot of Houston fans here when I say this, but uh Carlos Boozer.
0: Yeah. Carlos, Carlos Buzer, that's as a, actually a yeah. for
1: a floor. a floor and he was an Buzer, all-star and he was yeah. an all-star. I like, yeah, he,
2: he in we, out. I
1: think we can agree. Okay. So, so I'll pull back on the, you know, I'll pull back on the role player. I'll, I'll, he won't be a role player. He'll be a starter. Well, he'll be a starter. Starters can be role players, but he'll be a starter. And Carlos Boozer was dominant. There was a period of time where he was dominant. Like you yeah, 7, David, oh, 07 09. Man, he, man,
0: those 09. Yeah. Just, killed us. Those, those, killed those, us. Jazz, those jazz teams were nice. Him and Darren. Uh, yep carolingo okor oh,
1: yeah, those are some the, the, dirty the, teams yep.
2: those teams killed me man they killed
1: me believe me serge we we know this we we know this <laughs> good and clear we've, we've been that team at kenyao era got eliminated because of those guys <laughs> i saw something when i was in middle school guys That always
0: i watch sometimes on youtube here and there but mm-hmm. i want to say it's the 07 postseason the, the playoffs and Rockets just got eliminated and they asked T-Mac, you know, what more do you oh. need? You had a yeah. What more do you need? And he, T-Mac just looked down. He's like, I, I can't do it. And he looked up and he just like, he just left the um the press conference yes. left the table. And that was like, oh, man,
1: it was actually that one was, like, of the most infamous interviews that ended up happening mm-hmm. the post. And then the pre also before that series, when he was like, if we don't get out of the first round this year, it's on me. And then, yeah, that it was hard. It was on him. Yeah. <laughs> it really was yeah. on him. Poor guy,
0: poor guy. Yeah, man. Yeah, T-Mac though, man. It meant, oh man, great player. I was like a fourth grader, man. I was like, I watched him in like the 06 All-Star game. I was, like, man, this guy is like relentless. And he had like a lazy eye, which kind of gave him like <laughs> this cool, like different look, which I really liked, but I'm not going to lie. um, That was just, um,
1: <laughs> yeah, man. He's Fair the uh, yeah. I I have my I have my bone to pick, but we're not gonna we're not oh, gonna. Oh yeah. he he has a bone to pick there. with that man. We're not gonna go there. No, no, we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna dive into that. You, any listeners dive into the past episodes, you'll 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 know. But you know, I I think Carlos Boozer is definitely a good a good comp, and and I love I love the comp of Pau Gasol, obviously. And Nikola Jokic, I think Tim Duncan to a degree, too. I mean, just like yeah, I can see if, he can, if he can hit the midi, obviously, because Tim Duncan just mm-hmm. made his living at the midi. But mm-hmm. it's the different time in the NBA now. Three pointers are the new. I feel like three pointers are the world are like the middies because it was mm-hmm. like in early 2000s, Rip Hamilton, Vince Carter, you know, Tim Duncan, they all did it. Tony Parker. But like, it's a different yeah. age now.
2: So you'll definitely get it. I mean, he has yeah. the foundation for that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't wait mm-hmm. to see what's going to happen with him going down the rest of the way. But uh, but before we move on to our next segment, one last question for you, Serge. Uh, what was your overall opinion been on the Rocket season so far? Oh, man, that's a, that's a great question. Um,
0: guys, I'll be honest. I you know when it comes to guys besides Shen one guy who I think is a gamble and you will all agree with me on this one. It's just KPJ. You know, he's a great player, you know, has the potential to be. An all-star. I just think a lot of on on and off-court issues with him. And in terms of his offensive game, I think decision making also is a big thing with him. Where down the stretch, if they're down by if the Rockets are down by four or five, he'll chuck up a three instead of maybe running an offense, run, running a play to get like a, mm-hmm. an easy two-pointer, um, something like that. So I think KPJ is, is a bit of a gamble moving forward for the Rockets. Great player. I just think a lot of uh, stuff on and off the court, like I said, but. Jalen Green is that dude, man. This guy is is just he Thank just you. you know he's he's yamming it on like veterans, man. He's going <laughs> in, you know what I mean? Like like a five or six year guy in in Yaka portal last night, so he's just ending, ending careers now. So he has a swagger. <laughs> I kind of compare him to you know I compare him to. He actually wore his shirt I think in a summer league game. Deion Sanders kind of yes. has that Deion Sanders. I love that swagger. Yes. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. he could definitely be the face of not just the rockets but i think uh, the face of the nba i can see this guy on like an nba billboard or like an nba you know social media uh posting like an all-star game or or whatever so i think guys like Jalen green kpj i'll print shangun um i'm not gonna lie i do like uh gary bird right is it gary bird Yeah, that's right yeah yeah man yeah man (laughs) you know a streaky shooter um i love people who can shoot the ball and so i liked him as well um but yeah, it's been good, man. You know, a lot of uh, G League guys. Uh, of course, uh, K. Martin Jr. I like his game as well. Dude, He's- so good. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, obviously, yep. Obviously, from his from his father uh, who played in NBA about 20 years ago. So, man, it's been a weird season. But I think you guys can agree with me. Is w- agree with um, me on this one as well. Is if you look at Silas, right? So this year the Rockets were going to tank, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Get a mm-hmm. an- another Absolutely. guy for next season and build on that. So when Silas was taking Alperin out, because there's that one stretch, where the Rockets just couldn't win a game. I think it was like ten plus games that just couldn't could not win a single game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking myself, what is Silas doing here? Why is he playing Alpia? He's trying to win games, and I think if you ask me, it's it's obvious that Silas, if it went worse than it is actually now, he would have gotten fired. I think halfway through the season. What do you guys think about that? Absolutely. And
2: yeah, man. no, yeah. I I I just. I mean, I'm not a big Silas believer. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I try uh, so hard. Uh, I'm not the kind of guy that's going to call for someone's head. That's just not how it works. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like the proof is in the pudding. The way that he's ran things thus far, it doesn't give me much belief in regards to how he's running the team. I mean, I would have been surprised if he was fired. But I mean, if if we were to, you know, let's say for example, right, we had we had the longest win lo- almost the longest losing streak last year, Ken. Mm-mm. That was like what yeah, 20, yeah. 20 games. Well, we about? lost
1: 20, we lost 20 in a row at one point last year. And then this mm-hmm. year we lost 15?
2: We yes. lost 15
1: in a row. So 20 in a row last year, 15 mm-hmm. this year. Yeah.
2: And I think that if we had reached that or eclipsed that, then I think that would have been the breaking point for the team. But, you know, the fact that Let's say, for example, right after KPJ's second outburst. I oh, I guess you can say it like an outburst per se, but the way he was acting on the court was that against Memphis, Ken? I don't remember what it was. was it against yeah. Memphis? Yeah. Okay. Um, that last Memphis game, you know, him kind of whining and just pouting excessively to the point where Silas pulled him in the third. Um, that was probably the point of where I was like, okay, Silas, you, you've earned my respect here. Cause the no. team was just drowning. He didn't just pull KPJ, he pulled wood who was a, quote unquote the best player on the team presently. I mean, it's not an indictment on Jalen. It's just that wood is the most talented player, uh-huh. but you know, that was just, I felt like for Silas, that was a moment where it's kind of just like, okay, that's it. And I respect him a lot for that, but it might've been a little too late. And who who knows what's gonna happen now? Um, if it were up to me, I'd let him finish the season out, then we should probably start searching because I want the building block, like the legitimate building block now with that one more draft piece that we can get in this draft next year. <sighs> Playing is not out of the realm of possibility with the right pieces. So
1: mm, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm definitely in that platoon too. I think what's what saved Silas's job was the fact that he stopped putting out the double big lineup, which we we yeah. discussed in, you know, for sure with with Daniel Tice. I think that that saved him his job. But how long is it going to go until the end of the year? And, you know, the, we have to start kind of thinking about, like, what's the culture? What's the what's the precedent that's going to be set for this team? I'm trying to understand the rotations. I'm trying to understand the culture. And then the whole time, I'm just I'm not sure of what to expect from him, honestly. And that's kind of scary. You know, when, when you're a rebuilding coach and I don't even think he's I'm not saying he's doing a bad job on the rebuild, but he's definitely not doing an exceptional job on the rebuild either, because there are a lot of times where Al P and Jalen will just not touch the floor in the fourth. Like they're yeah. getting blown out by 2025 20, and they won't see the floor. And everyone on Rockets Twitter is just like, are you kidding me? Why are we pumping out Eric Gordon or Dennis Schroeder? When you can give these minutes to LP and Jalen so they can develop. And then I think the excuse ongoing for the few and far between Silas supporters is always, oh, well, you know, you don't want these guys to get injured. But it's just kind of like, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to give them these reps because it's the only time that they're, they're going to get these reps during the season. There's only, certain, you know, 82 games. And then after that, you got off season and then year two. So I can see it from both perspectives, obviously. obviously but I do agree with my brother. It's, uh, I think at the end of the season, the front office needs to review. What they need to do and then take the draft pick and then figure out you know what they're planning on doing. Maybe give him one more year, but even then, I mean that would be the last of his years. He's that he signed for three years, so they'll be the last uh year of his no, I think he signed for four. Is it four? Is that three? No, three plus one?
2: Maybe three plus one, but it wouldn't be it would if he does, it'd be he wouldn't because they're not gonna put him in a lame yeah. duck year. That's just not how it's gonna be.
1: We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll see what, we'll, you know, what happens, obviously, at the end of the season. So, okay, boys, let's go ahead and move on. But before we do, let me need to give one last shout out and add. Give us one moment, ladies and gentlemen. We will be right back. You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you
0: already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021.
2: What's up, world? It's your boy, Vaughn Wafer, former Houston Rocket, retired professional NBA basketball player. And you're now tuned in to the Summit State of Mind podcast.
1: All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Summit State of Mind, presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network. Of course, we are joined by my brother, the GM, Justin. and Of course, we are joined by another special guest right here, Serge. Welcome back to the pod. We really appreciate it. Um, Let's move on. And like I said, you know, we introed this in the beginning you are a current beat writer for the Philadelphia 76ers. Philadelphia 76ers are having quite the season and it obviously, you know, it jumped from 100% to 200% over the trade deadline. You got a former rocket in there now, you know, for, you know, the cornerstone of our franchise for the last 8 or 9 years and now he's a he's a current Philadelphia 76er along with Embiid and you got the two superstars with championship aspirations obviously. Uh, what's been what's what's it been like covering them this season? And uh, we'll move on to the you know James Harden talk later, but what's been your overall opinion of them like this season and covering them?
0: You know, um, guys it's been it's been exciting for sure. Um, obviously going into this season, you had drama before the season even started with Ben Simmons, right? It's been story, it's been like one of the main stories of the NBA this year. Guys, it was it was, it was was tough, man, just because, you know, patience, you know, one can be patient for so long, right? So we weren't sure if he was, was going to come back, um, you know, started sometime in summer around August, where, where you know, this, the NBA season is like two months away, but he still hasn't shown interest in Philly. He wants to leave Philly. And then reports came that he used uh, the mental health stuff. And it was actually funny at that time, because I think, remember, Tobias Harris tweeted that we're going to give our brother some time. And when he's ready to come back, where, you know, our arms are always open for him. So that was definitely filled with drama. And then, you know, long story short with that, he goes to Brooklyn. James Harden comes by. And the trade that should have happened in the 2019 offseason actually happens, right? I'm pretty sure you guys remember that. He was, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure how close it was and never got official word on that. But, you know, there was the possibility of Harden coming to Philly in 2019. So a trade that happened, you know, a little two and a half years late, it still happened. So, but I'll be honest with you guys, you know, obviously getting a player like James Harden is a crazy, you know, frenzy happening in Philly. You know, it's like we conquered the world, but you no, know, I think really happened yet. So like most fan bases in the NBA, you know, Philly is obviously a crazy fan base, really passionate fans. So the best way to put it guys is if Harden goes, you know, for 40 points, if he shoots like 10 or 10 for 20 from the field, you know, Sixers Twitter is going crazy, right? Oh my God, he's the best player in the NBA. We lucked out, we're champions, etc. But once he has a bad game, once he shoots like two for 10 from three, you know, the fans are going to batter him, right? It's just the way that it goes. They're going to bash him. And so with the Sixers now, it's a different dynamic of was when it was Embiid and Butler versus it's now Embiid and Harden, right? So mm. from what I've heard, it's, In the locker room, it's more so like Embiid and Harden. And a lot of the other guys are kind of have to figure it out themselves, so to speak. Right. So I think one thing the Sixers have always struggled with from the process years to now is there's no vocal lead in the locker room, right? Obviously, Embiid is the process, he is the Sixers. He's you know, he's Philly, right? So, but I feel like there's no vocal lead in the locker room, like a Jimmy Butler. If you guys realize what Jimmy Butler is, he takes a lot of the young guys under his wing, right? Guys yep. like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, you know, players like that. He takes them, guides them. You know, he's friends with the veterans like Kyle Lowry, right? He's like, um, he's that type of player. Versus Harden, I think, just kind of gravitates towards superstars. So obviously him and Embiid him and, him and are now best buddies because they're teammates. They're two of the most talented players in the NBA. But what happens to the rest of the guys, the rest of the roster, that kind of just have to do their own thing, we're kind of seeing that with Doc Rivers now. He's kind of going towards a seven to eight man rotation going into the playoffs. So there's some nights when Fergon Korkmaz doesn't play. There's some nights where Shake Milton gets no minutes at all. So we're kind of seeing that, you know, this NBA championship is going to go strictly through Embiid and Harden. So that's kind of where the Sixers are right now. Like I said, the frenzy was crazy when he first came. Of course, everything calms down after a while. So You know, Kyrie's back now with the Nets when it comes to his home games. So if they're like a seventh or eighth seed, you know, that's just on paper in on the court. That could be like a third or third or fourth seed because Kyrie's back. So I still think the East is wide open. Um, We'll Mm -hmm. see what happens. There's no guarantee that six are going to go to the finals. People have told me that this team is a bit overhyped and they could just be another second round exit like like years prior especially with Doc Rivers, I'll be honest with you guys. I kind of think <laughs> that this Sixers team could be what Doc Rivers and his Clippers teams were about three, four, five years ago. You know, they have a good team mm. on paper. CP3, Blake Griffin, Jamal Crawford, you know, guys like Matt Barnes, JJ Redick, right? That Clippers team was, was a decent team. Was, that team was So, yeah, so team. good. Good team. But... They just couldn't get over the hump. They couldn't just mm-hmm. get over it. And, of course, that team exploded. You know, Doc left, JJ left, you know, CP. Everyone just uh, disbanded after a while. So, you know, best-case scenario, they're going to win the whole thing. Worst-case scenario, this is going to be another second-round exit. Uh, the Sixers haven't passed second round since oh one one with, with Allen Iris. And so um, that's just my my take on the Sixers this season. Man,
1: they haven't, they haven't made it to a conference finals? Yeah, man, since
0: one uh, since
2: they yeah. were like wow. five seconds away when
1: Kawhi Leonard. Yes. The Raptors. Yeah. In, yeah. yeah, that was it. Yeah. Oh,
2: was
0: tough yeah, man. Okay. Tough.
1: So, so I'm, I'm so I'm curious, man. Yeah, like yeah. when we're talking in terms of what James Harden has like brought to the team and typically mm-hmm. speaking. So mm-hmm. when since we me and the GM, you know, we, we were big Harden believers when he came in. Sure. We were all trained, obviously. And then when he left, it left a sour taste in my mouth. <laughs> um obviously it's just by the way he left mm-hmm. if he just wanted to leave i would have been totally fine with it but speaking upon what he does and as a Houston fan speaking to a you know a Philadelphia beat beat writer it's kind of let him know that like this is kind of what we expect like he's going to do well during the season and to be honest i think he's very underrated in the playoffs i think he actually ends up playing a lot better the numbers look nice but people want to see him take over and i think overall the opinion like it's not far fetched to think that this team could be a second round exit or you know god forbid this is going to be the exact same you know this is basketball gods making it happen uh, give me a 2-7 matchup between Brooklyn and Philly and I don't know what's going to happen if Durant and Kyrie are both healthy in there I can only imagine but you know following up on that question like you you went through the process with Joel Joel and Bede and this Sixers team obviously when you when you look at this team though from top to bottom like I know like you were saying that the the Apex is obviously winning a championship but from a personal belief, from your perspective, you've be, you've been covering them all season. Do you believe this team has what it takes personally? I do not. Okay. I respect yeah. that. Take. And,
0: and just because man, I'll be honest with you guys, you know, every in life, we all have rude awakenings, right? Kind of slaps us in the face reality after a while. Right. So the night the Sixers played the nets, I got there super early. I got there like four o'clock and the game was like a seven 30 tip off, mm-hmm. I think. So I got there like early, early, right. The parking lot wasn't even open yet. I was going to be like parking beside the, the arena, and the awesome. gates open. I backed my car up and I went to the parking lot. But <laughs> when at that game, the Sixers fans and the Sixers, maybe not every player, but I'll say the organization was really preoccupied with Ben Simmons. Right, first time in Philly after almost a year, what he did to the um, organization during the uh, the off season and during the season. And that night, the Nets just didn't give a damn. They came in there and they took care of business, you know, with Katie and Kyrie. And these guys just showed off, right? And without Ben Simmons, too. The Sixers were good to go. They had Harden, they had Embiid. Hell, they had Travis Scott and little baby there, too. Everyone was there. That <laughs> time, you know what I mean? So it was the night to really show off and, and to show that, mm-hmm. hey, we're the beast of the Eastern Conference, right? But Man, I think with Kyrie back in the helm now for the Nets, because he can play home games. And so, you know, the playoffs are right here. I can really see them getting locked in and, and just playing really, really well. Um, even MB thinks the Sixers have a long way to go. He said it in an in a, in a interview yesterday or a day prior to ESPN or NBA.com that we still have a long way to go. And what does he mean by that? I mean, Harden's there, you know, he's there. You know, I think we all know the Sixers bench isn't very deep, right? Maybe two or three guys coming off the bench, Niang, uh, maybe Matisse-Thiwell, Shake Milton, maybe Furkan. So I think depth-wise, I just don't see them doing that well in the playoffs. The first round is going to be easy, maybe four or five games at best. But, you know, when it comes to the second round, when that pressure gets amped up a little bit, I think the Sixers mm-hmm. just aren't going to pull through. I think if you're looking at a team like the Nets or the Bucks, um, I think the same thing goes for the Heat. I think the Heat are a good team. But I really don't see them getting past the second round this year. That's just my take on the Heat as well. I, I but, agree
2: with that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree with that. that
0: Especially stuff. now, a lot of stuff's going on with the Heat. I mean, it's 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 mm-hmm. uh, clear as day, right? They're arguing uh, on the bench and stuff like that. And they'll always tell you, "Oh, it's team stuff." You know, we're mm-hmm. we're so passionate, we're so competitive, but you know, behind that, there's a certain truth to it, right? <laughs> so no, that's I, just my take on on the Sixers. match. I just think the Nets are gonna either the Nets or the Bucks. those guys have a lot of experience in the postseason, you know, Giannis in the Bucks, KD, Kyrie. And so I think those guys know what it takes, and they're going to, you know, get there, if you ask me. Hmm. That's, I think, that does, that's good. I think
1: because yeah, uh, yeah, when you think about it, too, Kyrie and KD, those are champions yeah man those yeah,
0: guys the- are people. yeah
1: honest champions jimmy butler mm. uh, mickey mouse i know i understand that bubble yeah, jimmy yeah, butler
2: carries they made himself the finals like a they <laughs> made
1: they did make the finals i will give them that it's a it's a mickey mouse finals but nonetheless i'll give it to them they made the finals but you're right it's like you know trial by fire these guys are experienced and you're pairing him beat and harden which looks sexy on paper it looks like yeah, kobe man. and jack but there mm. isn't any Yeah, like Harden hasn't touched the finals since 2012 when he was playing in OKC. The closest Mm -hmm. we got was, I mean, he has conference final experience. He made it twice with us. But, you know, obviously you can't get over the Warriors, the dynasty. And I think that ultimately is probably what's going to happen. If I refer back to Houston and the Rockets, like I think Sixers fans would love it. This would be the dream for them. Like, ah, dream, by the way, this is funny. But Hakeem and the 95 Rockets. Yep. You know, Hakeem was the one that carried them. And then they made that mid trade and they got Clyde to be the Robin. They got Clyde mm-hmm. and then Clyde, it was Clyde and Hakeem. And I think that's kind of what Sixers fans are maybe think, maybe thinking that, that, that this is going to be the piece that takes them over the top. They got a top Clyde was a top 50 player all time. Like they're thinking that Harden mm-hmm. is obviously there was belief that he was over the hill, but I mean, it, it's, I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm with heatering that too. With Harden, I kind of I'm a big soccer fan
0: too, and a lot of times in soccer, I think if the team gets a really good player and he scores on his first game, oh my god, he's gonna be like the next coming if he scores his oh, first ever game, like
2: Ronaldo when he yeah,
0: joined man Andy yeah. again yeah, yeah. that's, that's like a soccer guy right
1: there there you go 2008 man, yeah. we're
0: back you know that's just yeah. how this guys like this is like 15 years later man this is yeah a different time so Harden hit the ground running with the Sixers too he was shooting a great you know what I mean he always does that iconic. Mm couple dribbles between the legs and just pulls up and just shoots from, you know, way deep. He has, um, how do you say like cooled down a little bit? He's cooled off a little bit now. So yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, we'll see what happens, man. There's not a deep bench. I'll tell you this much in the 17, 18 season, my first season, the bench was deep for the Sixers. You you had Marco Bellinelli who signed late that year, literally like a week before April he signed, you know, he was on the market. We had a guy like Arsene Ilyasova who signed March of that year. And so you had him, you know, you had Marco Bellinelli, you had JJ Redick who's a starter, but still like a really dependable starter. And so, you know, the bench was good. And and that year was just an experience. It was Ben Simmons' rookie year, his first time in the playoffs. They played a pretty good Celtics team. And so there's no deep bench this year. And I just don't think Harden and B can just get it done themselves, you know, so... Um, and the wins aren't convincing, man. You know, you're not really seeing Harden and B dominating these games the past, like, week or two for the Sixers. So come the playoffs, you know, mm-hmm. when you're down by five and it's a third quarter, it, it matters. You know, you're going to have to – there's no tomorrow. You might you – you're going to have to pull it through tonight. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they can prevail in that situation. I'm naturally an optimist when it comes to most situations, but, um, yeah, man, we'll see what happens. I'm not convinced, though, to be to be honest <laughs> with you guys. GM, yeah, I, I have like, to
1: ask you, because I was going to ask you, too. What did yeah. you think about it? What did you think? And if you think they're going to be able to win this season?
2: Uh, no, definitely not. And I hate to say it like that, because I do think that Seth Curry is the piece that they're going to miss the most. Yes. He yeah. is their primary floor spacer. He would have been perfect alongside Harden. I mean, it's, I mean, he had to be a part of that trade. I'm sure it broke Doc Rivers' heart, but whatever. <laughs> you know, poor Doc. I feel bad. I feel bad for y'all in that sense. Like, I just think Seth Curry would have been perfect alongside um, Harden. And I, I feel you in the sense of victories where you're saying like the victories seem kind of hollow because they're not like extremely dominant because when you're watching, the, like let's say for example, like the Celtics now they're killing everybody. And yeah. I mean, everybody like
0: steamrolling team. Yes.
2: Yeah. And they're getting hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. And I didn't believe in them to start the season they started out really slow Mm. um and i didn't believe in the pairing of tatum and jalen jalen brown because low-key i want jalen brown like if there's any way that can blow up and we can somehow trade some picks for that man he'd be perfect next to jalen green but that's besides the point um they're gelling at the right time and they're showing guys they're showing um the fans and people that they're for real and that's the kind of performances that you want like when we what was it Kenny in 2017, 2018, the first year of CP3 and Harden, like we were just demolishing teams. There wasn't yeah. very many games where it seemed like they were really close. I mean, games were close-ish, but it didn't really feel like games were really out of hand in the no, sense. We, we
1: knew that we we had a chance mm-hmm. to beat the Warriors that year. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, but
2: in regards to the whole team, man, like, I don't know, like... I love Harden. Let's not get it twisted, but also his performance against um, Brooklyn. He did nothing to shake the narrative that goes against him. Like he doesn't play big in big games. I mean, that I don't think that's wholeheartedly true. We've seen him play big games throughout the regular seasons against the Warriors, when the Warriors were the hottest thing since sliced bread. Harden always performed against them. It's just in the playoffs where he still averaged twenty five points, but it felt like a hollow twenty five. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's, it, we'll see how that goes in regards to that. And I mean, I'd say like with doc rivers, man, like the most epic choke artist coach of all time, the I, I I don't want to, I don't want to completely annihilate him, but I do think that he's vastly overrated. Well, he's, I think he's the most overrated because he's only won one. I was like, don't pull any punches. He has, he has, he has, he has, he (laughs) has, he has the utmost respect of everybody and the way he responds to the media. There's this entitlement that just really rubs me the wrong way for someone that's only won one title and choked 3, three one leads for three difficult in three different decades with three different presidents. But I digress. But, you know, that's that is just, you know, that to, in my eyes, that's the thing. Like, I think Harden needs a coach. I yeah, see. We're talking about the same shit we talked about like five years ago. It's like we need a coach that's going to hold Harden accountable, and that's just
1: like Greg Popovich. It's, yes, Coaches that aren't going to be I, gettable ever. <laughs> yeah,
2: and you know it's 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 like that. Like I think Doc is very respectable. Don't get it twisted, but I think the coach that would have been perfect for Harden was Teron Lou. Um, I think the way he that he's coaching the Clippers is just hard nosed. Even though they're still under five hundred, he has those guys playing. Like they're in the play-in, they're there. They're the for a team that did not have Kawhi all year, Paul George is returning tonight after how many months he's been gone. So, I mean, I don't know. I for me, it's those two. I think this whole playoffs is gonna ride on Embiid. And the thing is, does he can he sustain the level of performance throughout the playoffs? Because you know, as the series goes on, especially when going from first to second round, the beatings get harder and it takes a huge toll on your body. And that's the one thing that concerns me with Embiid because when the Rockets had Chris Paul, Harden leaned on Chris Paul a ton when it mm-hmm. came to uh, big moments and he did come through. So I don't want to assassinate the man's character because I don't believe that he deserves all the flack that he gets, but they're just things that Harden just is not capable of. And for Embiid, that's a tall, tall task, man. Um, but he—it's—it's it's possible. It's certainly possible. And I, I think, think he's the MVP this year. Oh, I, yeah, think
0: I, 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 I think he is. I think so too. I yeah. think it's—it's it's crazy, man. Um, I was just up, trying to find a Kevin Durant quote after the Sixers Nets game from like almost a month ago now, a couple weeks ago, where he said that. The the Sixers couldn't do anything in transition to stop us. They couldn't do anything. You know what I mean? Kevin Durant said something along those lines. When I read that quote, I'm not a player on the team. I'm not a player. I'm not an NBA player. But when I read that, it sounds like a threat almost. Like, hey, they can't stop us. They can't. They they can't stop us. I was was like, whoa. I was like, man, that is, wow, man. You you guys should definitely, you know, change, uh, change it up, man. uh, If you're the Sixers, that sounds scary. He literally said they couldn't stop us in transition. They couldn't do anything with us. And I was like, wow. And they couldn't because every time in that game, every time the, the Sixers missed, I think Ky- uh, Kyrie was basically doing like an outlet pass to either the KD or someone in the front court and they were just like dunking it, laying it in. And, you know, mm. you look at the scoreboard, they're already down by 20 and we're like like five minutes in. You know what I mean? So, um, and, and one thing with, with Doc, man, is, is he's a good coach.
2: Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. I think he's a good he's a coach. Good,
0: he's a good coach, but I can't help, but think he's a bit overrated just because what you guys just said, he has the one, he has the one ring, but that was a great group. Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, you know, Kevin Garnett, a <laughs> you know, hall of famers, right? I mean, man, in a lifetime. Of yeah, 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 exactly. And it, it was literally like one and go. They 07, 08, they do the, the trades in 07 summer and 08. They, they win it that season. So, um, I, I like Doc, but at the same time, he can be a little, I don't want to say ignorant because last year, man, man he defended Ben Simmons to the bone. Like every single time on a, whether it was, last year was all Zoom calls. So we never, we never got into the conference room, but every time a reporter was like, Hey, Ben didn't do this. Ben didn't do that. Ben missed some free throws. This guy was defending Ben Simmons all the way until that Hawks Sixers game, what game six last June when it didn't work out. Oh my God. He literally imagine like building like a house right and you're almost done building it and then you just like like you hit one thing and the house just collapses right That's what <laughs> happened when, when, the, when the reporter asked, can Ben Simmons lead this team to a championship I don't know. He said I don't know. He was building him up all the way from mm-hmm. literally December when the season started around Christmas last year all the way into June. And the first thing a reporter asks him if he can lead if Ben can lead this team to a championship, he says, I don't know just like that. And so man, that was a domino effect. He should, I'm not, I mean, it's hard to kind of talk about your emotions right after a game like that, especially after like a fourth quarter collapse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but Understood. man, that was, you know, doc just really built Ben Simmons up, kept telling us we don't appreciate him. He does incredible things. I'm not going to take Ben out of the game just because he does this, or if he does that. And right when things didn't go his way, doc literally just pulled the plug on him and was like, yeah, I'm not sure if this is our guy. So, um, yeah, the Sixers have been through it a lot, man. I'm kind of happy we have Daryl Morey, just because I feel like Daryl has a <laughs> he has a he has a great basketball mind. I want to ask, ask you guys that. He's Absolutely,
2: hundred exactly. percent.
0: MIT Love it, yeah. MIT Masters, I think, or or PhD, right? Yeah, I don't remember? You no, know, yeah, 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 MIT. Yeah.
1: He's you know obviously one of the Godfather in analytics. Uh, bringing yeah, it to Bring yeah. it to the NBA. He's big. He's big time. I I think the only thing with him is well, two things. He tends to leak stuff. There's tens of things that tend to leak uh from the Rockets, from the Rockets perspective. We got it, we'd always get a ton of leaks uh on the Maury side. And then two, he said this quote like in 2012, early on in his tenure. And he said, players are assets. He said, you know, you got your superstars and you got your assets. And that oh, always stuck out to me. Yeah, and that always not... stuck out to me. And players tend to unless it was like James Harden or someone that he really, really mm-hmm. backed. It was hard for these players to want to continue to have good relationships in Houston. And that's the, that was the only thing. No, yeah.
2: yeah but I agree. But you, as like, you remember a, the, you remember the JJ Reddick story?
1: Yes. Yeah. JJ Reddick mm-hmm. wanted to sign. He
2: picked, he picked, he picked Philly over Houston because of Maury.
0: Yes. I, I mm-hmm. heard of that a long time ago. I think that was mm-hmm. like five years ago when he was going down. I read something like that, where mm-hmm. he went to Houston and, uh, and they're like, JJ's like, oh, they're gonna sign me. This this team's gonna pay me, but they didn't pay him. And so that was um, that must that must have been it. Um, mm-hmm. but I really liked it when you guys had, um, I oh my God, he had a like a generic name, um, Anderson ryan anderson yeah man that was a sniper i love that guy <laughs> yeah man he's like yeah, he you, like that uh, the, the hands come together yes. like this a little bit yeah yeah man.
1: yeah yep, yep, oh man yep. you want to you want to break rocket's twitter put a picture of ryan anderson and just see all the reactions and comments you'll get
0: i'll do you one better guys i'll put a picture of chandler parsons oh oh stop, man no, no, i'll stop i'll stop i'll stop i'm not gonna lie I, I loved i
2: loved chandler I
0: Man, I to I'm not that religious, but I'm going to get struck because I know he had the
1: car accident. So I take that back. Right? <laughs> back, shit, take
0: that back.
1: No, Alice, no, man. you're good, man. No, you're good. Man, it's okay. Ch- oh, it's man. Chandler Parsons. Though. He's not sorry one bit. He even was on record saying, you know what, man? I had a good career. I made a ton of money. Yeah, so- hey. There yep. you
0: go, man. He's he's rolling. So he's he's, he's absolutely he's, rolling, dude. He's good, man. But um, <laughs> but yeah, back to Darren Moore, guys. I honestly have a lot of confidence in him just because his resume speaks for itself, his CV speaks for itself, analytics. You know, he went to great schools, has a great track record. But one thing he said that I think will always haunt him, and I heard this on many sports shows, etc. NBA Twitter, you know, is that he said that I think it was a 2018-19 Rockets team was designed to beat the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. We were it there.
2: Was. We were so close.
0: Oh. Yeah, man, that was better. Really better. I, I felt for Rockets like fan base. I was like, oh man, that's that, that's man. It was, was Gerald. Sorry. One of our guys were uh, he's not with us anymore, but he was doing <laughs> stuff for us in Houston, and he sent a video of us a video to our group chat of Gerald Green talking about it in post game. Man. He was defeated. Gerald Green was like, wow, that was a big contrast because the Warriors were one game away. That one game they won where they were one game away, Gerald was like, you know, high spirits, right? We're, we're there. We're going to finish them off. And right when they lose, man, he was so defeated. He was like, you know, mm-hmm. we tried. We just didn't. It's the NBA. And so...
1: It's super unfortunate like, in terms of what... Like, you're right. And we, he was designed. Like, the Rockets were designed to beat the Warriors. And he even... Tweeted at the end saying, you know, if you come at the king, you best not miss. And then he congratulated the Warriors, obviously. But uh, yeah, man, true. it's 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 it was a tough ending. I'm happy that we turned the page though. Thank God. I'm happy that we turned the page. And then you got Maury, you got Harden, you have championship aspirations. Good Houston move to Houston move to it's like
0: you guys you guys are um Philly. Now we're Houston. You know what I mean? It's like oh like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice
2: exchange.
0: Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> real like we got the core of the Rockets for the past um eight, nine years, Harden and and, and Maury. So um i hope you get more success than we do
1: <laughs> man, unfortunately
0: you, I, I know will on the spaces he's usually the host he was saying that like how the rockets have a really bad record that are the worst thing in the nba yes record wise the rockets are the worst team in the, in the nba but you got uh the rockets have a lot of gems to work with right guys like mm-hmm. you no know, shangun Jalen green uh josh christopher right a lot of good pieces it's going to need some time to come together because you're turning a big page, man, from Harden, CP3, Daryl Morey to, to where it is now. It's going to take some time. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. I think the trajectory is really good for the Rockets, though. it's going to take a couple of years, but I think I'll get there with time.
1: Serge, should we uh, trust the process? Yeah, man. Always, uh,
0: <laughs> you can only trust it for so long, man, because I think right now the Sixers are kind of, they trusted it, but it's just, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think man it's it's tough man it's just because like Embiid is 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 in his prime now and we're kind of like you know the years are going by you no know, time always goes by pretty quickly so i sometimes wonder if b wants to put a plug on this you know if it doesn't work out this year what happens i mean this guy is putting up monster numbers every single year man and one thing i'll tell you guys is when kd went to the warriors um in that sick in, in the 2016 off season mm-hmm. No one could believe it. Oh, my God. You know, he, he, he sold out his team. This guy, you know, he's taking the easy route, right? But, man, when players go through an 82-game season year in and year out and come up short after every year, like, man, screw this. Like, I can't do this anymore. You know what I mean? They're putting up monster numbers, all-star numbers every season. And when when the team can't get there, they're like, yeah, I got to get out of here. I can't do with this team anymore. Because it's hard, man. They go on the road. They take you know they're literally living in airports and and hotel rooms for like you know six months of the year practically. So it's um, yeah. We'll see what happens with 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 uh, the Sixers and the Rockets as well. So it's I'm awesome. excited.
1: I'm excited, man. Well, we'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah, you know, I hope yeah. that we win the draft, get the number one pick, and I hope you know for for Harden's sake, y'all can get to the finals and hopefully. win. Uh, Chet or Apollo. Oof. Come on, you can't say this <sighs> I was literally gonna end the pod. You can't end it on this. Come
0: on, come on. <laughs> well, okay.
1: Stick, if we right. want to stick for another hour or so, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you know what? No, no, no. I'll yeah, give you I'll give it to you quick. I'll I'll bypass option A and B. Give me Jabari. Yeah, yeah. I'm still a Jabari stand. Oh, Kenny's yeah. a Jabari
2: Smith guy. He's a Jabari Smith guy. I can't, I can't guy.
1: man. You know I've heard good things. All yeah, he's a Jabari Albert Smith guy. guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Jabari guy at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I still think but but realistically speaking, if the number one pick lands in our hands, it's gonna be Chet. I just I still think he's the clear-cut number one he's Giannis mm-hmm. with, I've always said this he's Giannis with a jump shot and if you can develop him get get his muscle right and mm-hmm. uh, he's he's really smart mm-hmm. ball handles he can shoot the three uh, he plays great defense already out the shoot he's the number one pick by far I, I still think he's the number one pick I don't know how the scouts are going to feel after the uh, after the Sweet 16 tournament. tournament but we'll see I don't know I still think he's the number one pick though overall but if it's up to me Jabari baby Ahead, Honest, yeah.
2: uh, honestly, if it were me, we get number one. I'm trading down to number oh, three. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm taking I'm taking Paulo. <laughs> but
1: that's a guarantee of one and two. See, that's another that's yeah. A, well, uh, well, I, I mean, know.
2: you you don't draft Paulo at one. You just don't. You no, know no, I know, you have I know one, what I'm you saying, gotta but like they check. could
1: draft Paulo at two.
2: But if I had to, I'd take Paulo. Yeah, I think I'd take Paulo. If you ask me today, today is March 29th, 703 p.m. central time. I am picking Paulo. That's how I feel right now. Who
1: would you pick for who I, would you pick for us if you were if you were, oh if you were there?
0: I wanna go check just because I read a good article on how Kevin Durant was like really like really, really skinny coming into the league. Man, this guy from Texas was just like, you know, but you kept hearing just just really, really good things about him. My main concern is coming from Gonzaga, and Gonzaga does not have a good track record. AKA Kelly Olinick. I thought Ke- Olynyk was gonna be a beast in the league when I was like in high school. I'm not gonna lie, bro. Mm-hmm. Adam Morrison. Bro. Oh my god, don't do this. Oh my god. <laughs> Poor Dude. Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison. <laughs> Kelly Olinick. Um, do you remember Fredette played in that conference? I'm pretty sure. So yeah, he I played for was it at BYU?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man.
0: So that's my main yeah. concern with with Gonzaga, it's just because of their track record. But hey, man, mm-hmm. check could be. Um, yeah. You know, guys, Yeah, who Um, who
2: knows? I mean, Corey Kispert looks like a solid NBA player this year. I would say that. He's solid. Nothing to write home about, but solid, I would say. And John Stockton went to Gonzaga. Greatest point guard of all time.
1: Oh Well, there you go. (laughs) Oh, great. That's oh. the 80s though. That's the 80s. Yeah.
2: I'm just I'm just saying in the sense of <laughs> you're defending
1: you know, you're defending Gonzaga. You're playing I'll, the other I'll, side of the
2: I'll coin. I'll pay the Those other guys. side of the coin. Just 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 for John Stockton, even but though I
0: go um I go Chet though. For if I'm right now uh at mm. 804 Eastern time, I
1: go Chet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, love I like it, I like it, I like it. Like Three timestamps, time stamps catch the receipts in the future, guys. Just to let you all know. Hey man, there we'll see.
0: We'll see come summertime. So Get, give give
2: excited. us like to what eight, like at like, was it in maybe like a week or two after the, after the season ends, we'll be can flip flop easily, easily. No, that's why we got to.
1: That's why we got to get Serge yeah. back, man. We got to get you back. Yeah. In the future, yeah. Man, yeah. You yeah. On. yeah. All right. Let's get ready to go home here at the end of this podcast. Serge, I just want to thank you so much for just joining us, you know, taking time off of your day, being able to come up with us on the summit coming up, coming up on a dime dude that I literally contacted you yesterday. So I really appreciate it. Let me roll out the red carpet for you right now, man. Any shout outs, any plugs that you want to put on our podcast, anything that you want to say?
0: Yeah, man. Uh, you know, thank you so much for having me on first and foremost, uh, you know, any uh, social media, of course. So it's just, uh, at Serge Kumas, Instagram, Twitter, all across the same thing. So uh, you can check out all my content from there. I cover a lot of Turkish guys in youth leagues in, in Turkey and Europe, and also here in the NBA, also the Sixers. So, you know, uh, I'm your guy. So, but yeah.
1: There you go. I love it. Well, like I said, man, we got to get you on in the future and then hopefully, you know, get that trip down to the H or maybe we got to visit Philly at some point. Hey man, either
0: way works for me, but I'm definitely down there, man. Hopefully early next season. Um, uh, yeah. Hopefully next year, man.
1: We're going to link up for sure, man. we got to get that. You're going to get that LP interview. I just want to be, I just want to be there to witness it. It's like, okay, I want, I just want to see this. I want to see LP. So anyways, I'm, I'm man. so
0: I'm so happy. Oh, man, yeah, I'm so happy. Oh, man. i am though so genuinely
1: <laughs> absolutely absolutely it's a great job and you know you know you're working for the you're working in the nba and working for the sixers and we can hope good things from there so serge once again i just want to thank you for joining our podcast thank you for meeting us at the summit we really appreciate you man thank you thank you thank you man appreciate you guys on fire. progressive presents forest metaphors about bundling your home auto and other vehicles
0: in hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, it's also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor.
1: Forest Metaphors,
0: presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. The Summit. Tum <laughs>